0: the saints inspire us they help us on our spiritual journey uh, and they have incredible stories that we can take inspiration from up next we'll be talking with alex d of the saints alive podcast that my family loves and uh your family probably has heard of it too and enjoyed it so up next we'll be talking with the creator of the saints alive podcast alex d
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Another episode of The Catholic Gentleman. We are so blessed and excited that you have decided to join us today. We are looking forward to diving into acting and um, screenwriting and storytelling and all of these great things with Alex D. But before we get there, if this is your first time, please hit that subscribe button wherever you're at. If you're on YouTube, hit that bell button. Um, Feel free to watch our mugs, you know, um, visually, not just listen to us and you can um, see how goofy we are. And, uh, and again, just so thankful for you being here. If you're interested in donating or looking for a place, we launched Catholic Gentlemen Plus, which is our membership program, which has more systematic guides, more content, more exclusive just for men at CatholicGentlemanPlus.com. You can head over there. We've got a tiered subscriptions, both monthly or annually. All of it goes to support the Catholic Gentleman and the work that we are doing here. So I wanna introduce a friend of mine, uh, somebody that I've known for uh, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years, somewhere around there. Um, I have to really dig back. And uh, and somebody who's come through a long journey, one that I look forward to talking about, but that's Alex D. He is a husband, father, and as he says, a Swiss army knife when it comes to storytelling. He is the co-founder, director, and narrator of The Saints Alive uh, show, podcast. We'll talk about that. Um, after five years of working as an actor in Hollywood, and this is very interesting, he decided to give that up and move forward um, with a new life that got was calling him to there in vermont with his wife and to continue telling stories but for the edification and upbringing of children and for our own souls i might add so he is on a mission to inspire the next generation of saints that's you and i and he loves being able to share great stories and move hearts to christ you know when he's not busy directing and working on saints alive he's also chasing around two amazing kids and he's a wannabe crossfit, CrossFit athlete. And I'm glad that you mentioned that last part there, Alex, because I remember when I first met you that you were working out every day and, uh, and it was inspiring. So how are you doing today though, Alex?
2: Oh, I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be on the Catholic Gentleman podcast. I've been a huge fan of the Catholic Gentleman for years. I mean, I can't even count the years either. I feel like I've yeah. just always known about the Catholic Gentleman. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, really excited to be here. And, yeah, still working out almost every day. Still working yeah. out almost every day.
1: <laughs> well, and and, <laughs> think for our, amen, right? and I think for our listeners, it's important. So um, the best man in my yeah. wedding is um, Alex's brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, so he married his uh beautiful sister, um, uh, Alex's sister, obviously, <laughs> Not <my best> <laughs> clarification needed there. So, um, but Alex and I, we we said hello. He was uh, you know, into politics and he was working out a lot and he was still in high school, I think. And sure. and so, you know, we we obviously didn't connect for a number of years, but then he started moving forward with this uh Saints Alive and we've been able to reconnect over the last couple of years and it's been really exciting. So, Alex, why don't you? why don't you tell people a little bit, uh, about your beginning and, and you went into college and you didn't know you wanted to be an actor, but then you decided to pursue that career, right? I'd love to hear a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I started in college. Um, my major was, uh, poli sci political science. And I just, I thought I wanted to go down that route, had a natural interest in it, had, you know, pretty good grades in it. And, uh, I had a little bit of a, I don't know, a quarter life crisis Mm. (laughs) thinking about the, um, the work that I'd be going into. I just like saw, it was like, okay, this is what this is going to entail. It's a lot of, uh, desk work and just, you know, just kind of grinding out doing really difficult work that I was not passionate about. And I, I was passionate about, um, changing the culture. But I, I knew that the way to do that was going to be through people's hearts. I, obviously, the law is a part of that as well to change the culture. But I felt really moved to change the heart piece first. So I um, had a quarter life crisis, took a semester off. And um, I really had always, if you asked me when I was a kid what I wanted to be when I grew up, I just always said actor Um, and I loved movies. Like I would watch movies over and over and over again. Cause we didn't have TV like cable, uh, we had Mm -hmm. movies. And so I like dissected movies, (laughs) like I memorized them. I like, I don't know, like I just loved watching the same movie over and over again. Maybe that was, um, (laughs) I don't know, maybe that was a warning sign for me or something, but (laughs) um, I I loved my movies. So I, um, I was like, you know, the only reason why I'm not pursuing this is because I'm scared, mm-hmm. and because I think it's impractical. Um, but what if I just trusted and went for it? Because I, I really knew that I wanted to tell stories that moved hearts to Christ. I'm a cradle Catholic. I've always been uh, on fire with my faith. I, my parents did a really good job of raising me in the faith. Like they. Just naturally gifted it to us without forcing it down our throats. Mm. And so I've always been inspired by my faith, and I've always wanted to tell stories that could do that for people. And like, you know, I, uh, growing up on Lord of the Rings and, you know, learning about Tolkien and, you know, his faith and how it was infused into the story just really inspired me. Um, So I went back to school and I just took an acting class, and I had a natural knack for it. I ended up getting like a little mini scholarship from my school to pursue a summer of study in New York that year. And I just kept doing it. Um, I didn't major in theater ever, but I took all the classes you could take and I ended up getting a degree in psychology. Cause I thought that was more, I don't know, still like my practical side coming in. it's like, I can use psychology for acting, but it's also like a different degree than acting. So people would look at me and not, you know, laugh (laughs) but um so yeah i ended up going down that route and uh left school pursued acting in uh, buffalo new york uh, to pursue my further study moved down to new york city got managers did a whole agent thing and then flew out to la in 2015 for pilot season and uh got my quick
1: i want to hear that but i want to back why buffalo for the ignorant right mm-hmm. why, why was buffalo on uh an area if you asked me acting that would not be on my list of cities yeah yeah
2: that's a good point so i went to school near buffalo i went to school and at a, a state school called suny geneseo it's no one knows where it is ever but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a small school near buffalo and so after i graduated i just moved to the closest city and that right. was buffalo okay um And then, uh, yeah, so moved to Buffalo, did some acting there, moved down to New York City, you know, the big one, and then got management, moved out to LA for a pilot season. And uh, yeah, got my butt kicked out of me. Uh, And But I ended up having to come back after that first pilot season back home, re-kind of setting myself, because I was like, that was really crazy. I got completely destroyed out in LA by the, you know, just people who are much better than me. Um, And uh, I really had to pray if this is what I wanted to do, but also more importantly, if this is what I was being called to do. Mm. Uh, Because, yeah, I had always wondered that, I was like, is this, (sighs) is this like a selfish thing in me um, to want to be an actor? Because I think every actor at some level, Um, you have to have a desire, you have to, you're drawn towards fame in one way or another, you know? Um, and you have to check that and see, okay, what is this gonna be channeled towards? Is this gonna be channeled towards myself? Or am I gonna be doing this for the greater glory of God? Mm. Um and so that's what I really did when I came back from being kind of kicked down that first time going to LA. I was like, okay, why am I doing this? Um, Because if this is just for me, this isn't worth it. <laughs> like, this is really hard. <laughs> this is not fun. Um, I mean, I love acting. I love film. But like, you know, getting those jobs, it's brutal. So I uh, was like, you know what? Let me pray about this. And I did a lot of prayer. And I just, I've always, I've not been able to kick this out of me. And I've like prayed to God. Like, can you just like, can you just take this? desire away like if like you know if this isn't what you want me to do then I don't want to do it because it's really it's really brutal it's really hard there's never um I don't know there's never a feeling of like stable stability um so if you don't want me to do this then I don't want to do it um and I just prayed that kind of like prayer of abandonment and uh he just didn't take it away and he just kept inspiring me like you know like no you can do this um so went back out actually focused on, you know, the things that needed to be met, like, you know, food, house, shelter, faith, community, getting those things met, and then going into the business. And that was like, definitely the the better thing. And then just being like, I'm going to get cast in a movie tomorrow, <laughs> you know? Um, so then I went back out. And uh, yeah, I just, I pursued it for five years in LA. Yeah. Um, had some very small roles, you know, you, you would not know who I was <laughs> by the roles I got, but um, ended up, you know, getting the small roles and learning a boatload. But I quickly discovered that I wasn't going to uh, be able to, I, I wasn't, I didn't go out there naive. Like I knew mm. the industry was stacked against me in that I wanted to be telling stories worth telling. Like that's kind of my motto that I've like settled on my journey is that like, I want to be a part of stories worth telling. I will not do junk. I will not do garbage. I have no interest in wasting my time or talent on things that are just filler or distractions. So um, I quickly learned that those were few and far between for someone entering the industry that didn't have famous family members, it's gonna be difficult. Um, so, decided that I was gonna have to learn everything I could about filmmaking and storytelling and be a part of like what I've kind of told myself as like this resistance storyteller of getting things uh, made that deserve to be made that I believe deserve and need to be made to move hearts to Christ. And so that's what I did. Um, And yeah, I ended up, getting to work with a Catholic film company called family theater productions and working on a really great documentary about this amazing priest, uh, called pray, the story of Patrick Payton, met a lot of great people there made some great connections. And then, um, you know, lo and behold COVID hit, but, um, more importantly, I, before that I met my amazing wife and, uh, fell in love and we had, um, a honeymoon baby. And yeah. so we kind of got this, uh, our first big marital fight was like time to leave LA. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, I need at least one more year. And she's like, we haven't, we're having a baby. We're moving back home. And I was like, "All uh, right, So, um, <laughs> got to figure this one out. Being an actor, you know, a filmmaker, not living in LA, trying to consider, trying to pursue this still. Um, You know, and then COVID hit, and then I was just like, okay, yeah, we got to leave. So Mm -hmm. left LA. And um, so that's kind of like the big kind of tee up before Saints Alive starts, because leaving LA was really the, I don't know, it was the tipping point of forcing me to believe that I could, God could use me to make something, and I didn't need to be in LA to do it. Yeah. And that's where Saints Alive was really born. Well, and I think
1: it's really beautiful how you just kind of talked about turning to God and following his will. And I do believe very much that God's will is revealed in the process and that he needed you to go through that experience to break you in a way to bring you to where you are now. And there's always that benefit, like in the immediate Mm -hmm. moment, maybe He didn't remove that desire and that was placed on your heart or remove whether it was mixed in and, um, muddled, if you will, between, uh, you know, selfish desires and, and virtuous desires as they so often are, he was, um, allowing you to go through that to, to make you better and make you, um, and, and hopefully prepare you to what, uh, what you're able to come out with now. So I appreciate you sharing that journey.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's a long winded story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's good
2: though.
0: Yeah. It's 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 amazing though. And like John's saying, like nothing's wasted, you know, and you follow God's will. And, and, um, you know, I think uh, Hollywood, it, cinemas are not just films, but, but, you know, with all the streaming content now and stuff like that, um, it can be really powerful storytelling. Unfortunately, it's often used for uh, unholy purposes, but, But what drew you specifically to audio drama, if you will, like to Mm -hmm. you, uh, this podcast format, because, um, well, podcasts are exploding right now. Like the drama format, you know, used to be really big way back in the day, you know, Mm thirties and forties. And, you know, and like, like it was really big and, but you're, you're reviving it almost like you've almost gone back to this format that, um, A lot of people would have said it isn't very effective and yet you've drawn thousands of people to listen. Like, like I said, our family loves it. So it's like, mm-hmm. there's something there, but like what sparked that idea to kind of set aside the visuals for a minute and just go with the audio and see what you could do in that medium.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, and honestly, like there's multiple reasons for it, but uh, so first I guess like primarily um, I I love epic stories. You know, I, I'm a, like, that's, if I wanted to make a movie, it would be like Lord of the Rings. You know? Um, so that's the type of thing that I want to tell. And, uh, I, I, I know that like, you know, the stories of the saints are amazing. They're epic stories. And so my mom actually, I got to give her credit here. Um, she was like, Alex, you know, why don't you just make, you know, movies about saints, like they're awesome. Like, you know, you'd have, it's a never ending, you know, kind of library to go through. And, um, I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that, but they're going to be so expensive to make. Um, and to do well, you know, there's been a few saint films that have done well and many that just have not. Um, and you know, I think that, it comes down to, you got that, you have to have a really strong budget to do it well. And obviously a very strong faith that can capture that story. And that just has not matched up many times. And so I was like, well, I'd love to do that. I have the faith. I love telling these stories, but I don't have the budget. Um, But, you know, my mother was like, well, why not do an audio drama? And uh, that just really stuck in me um, because I had just, um, so my son was, what uh, how old was he? He was eight months at this time and, or no, yeah, around eight months. And I was just realizing like the, the content that was being turned out and that in a way that I've never been sensitive to before for, for children, um, that I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't, like, what is it? What are we going to, for my wife and I, like, what are we going to show him that we can trust? Because there's so much out there that's just garbage. And, um, and so like, I, I I, knew that there needed to be an alternative and I knew that the stories of the saints could be amazing things for him to grow up with. Because if I grew up with, you know, these learning about these amazing men and women, I would have been like, so like, just, I would have been like on fire, like really on fire. Um, and so I like, I knew I wanted him to have that. And I knew that if the only way I could do it was to do an audio drama, then so be it. Um, and then you know, hopefully someday I can figure out how to make these into films. But um that was where the idea was formed, it was actually I get my mom telling me, like, well, why, why not do audio dramas? Because she grew up on um yeah, radio dramas. And she was like, I really loved growing the I I loved these things growing up. And we did have TV at that time, but I still loved these things. And so like that also was like, okay, well, if they had TV and like if it's done well. Storytelling is powerful. It'll work. Um, And like I had started getting into some podcasts that were more more storytelling by design. Um, You know, I think like Red Pilled America was something that was just starting to come out and I I loved their storytelling uh, format that they had taken with that. Um, Obviously, Saints Alive is much different than that, but um, I knew it could work. I just so I just started throwing myself at it.
1: Yeah. What what have you learned in honing your skills though for audio versus visual? Right. So you were mm-hmm. prepared primarily for that visual representation of a character in movies. Mm. And and what have you learned were maybe some obstacles that you were unaware of when you started diving into that? Because listening to your stories, they do a great job. You tell stories within stories, which is great, you know, mm-hmm. so that you can connect with people today, and bring them up to date with um how our lived experiences and lives are and what we're tangibly dealing with. But then, mm-hmm. you know, bringing, um, bringing these beautiful and incredible saint stories to it. So what, what are some of the, yeah, the obstacles and hurdles that you've experienced and, um, that you weren't expecting?
2: Yeah. The, I think the biggest one is just, uh, I don't know the one I didn't expect. Honestly, the way that I, I think part of the secrets to our success with Saints Alive is I really don't, I do my best to not view them differently, which I know sounds kind of, you know, impossible, but I I really do my best when I'm putting these things together to actually see it. Mm -hmm. Um, And because if you're like good movies generally, um, you don't always need to see everything, you know, for a good movie to work. Um, I think Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock was really big with that. But, um, you know, I, I really try not to use that divide. Obviously, there's things that you have to do. Um, one, of the, one of the, I think, most difficult things is like we can't rely on the audience to see the actors, um, you know, face, which is yeah, such a powerful weapon in storytelling um, is, you know, the human face. And so what we have to do is use music. And obviously in our, we use, I mean, our actors that we've got to use, work with are great. Um, a lot of them are my family members, but we've, we've also used a lot of, we've used actors all over the world now, um, who have reached out to us and, um, through a voice the voice is also very similar to a face when you can rely on it. Um, and even I have learned that using relying on the breath, like hearing people breathe is also very important. Um, and it's something I've not, I did not realize earlier on. And I think a lot of some like uh, other podcasts, like other audio drama type things, like they they make it very crisp and you don't hear any sort of imper- imperfection, like a hearing like a, you know, a person inhaling can be yeah. viewed as an imperfection, but I actually like those imperfections because it reads more like, Oh, this is just a movie that the screen's gone, you know? Um, and so that's something that I I have learned, um, throughout the process is to, I guess, yeah, those little things that can replace the human face are the most important.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, And I'm interested too. And like, you mentioned, uh, the, the success, like, um, how hard was it for you to get this off the ground? Like it's, it's, you're doing really well now, but like, how long did it take to like really start to get some traction and like really start to introduce people to kind of this new format of engaging with the saint stories? I mean, there's all kinds of books and you know other ways of engaging with saint stories, but this audio drama version is like really uh unique and and so how, yeah, how long did yeah. it take? You?
2: Yeah, it was it's been a slog. <laughs> it's been really hard. But um I I always I, I we we're we we're very blessed. Um, you know, God the only thing that's gotten us through this is prayer. We end every day in a rosary. I have to end every day in a rosary. It's very rare that I'll miss a daily rosary. But um our Heavenly Mother has carried us through a lot of intercession. Um it's been really difficult. The first episode, Saint Nicholas, so the first episodes that we did, um, we purposefully targeted uh, saints that people, everybody knows the names of them. It was Saint Nicholas, Saint Valentine, Saint Patrick, Saint Joan of Arc. Um, we targeted those uh, saints for a very specific reason. Uh, we knew that people knew their names, but that the stories had been kind of co-opted by pop culture and not fully understood anymore. Um, but the first episode, Saint Nicholas, you know, is a pretty simple story. But it took like it took like six months to get that one episode done. Right. <laughs> um, between writing the episode, and I had to learn. So I'm also the editor, um, and I had never edited an audio wow. thing in my life. So um, I tried editing everything. <laughs> Editors, this will only make sense to editors, but I tried, I edited that full episode on Premiere Pro, which is a video editor, not an audio editor for people who don't know. And it was horrendous. The levels were everywhere. Um, And so when we first got the first mix done, it was so bad. Like literally every second had a note of like, fix this, fix this, fix this, fix this. Like, you know, it, it was just a mess. And so I had to go through and premiere and do all of those things myself. And so that was horrible. Uh, ended up scrapping Premiere after that, forcing myself to learn uh, an actual audio editor. But uh, besides that, like the the process of building our team. So the team, the founding team is myself, my wife, and my best friend, Tanner. Uh, Tanner Clean is an amazing. Uh, he was a focused missionary at the time. He's a Eucharistic. Um, Congress missionary now, um, and we have this Trinitarian team model where, you know, I'm really much like the epic kind of dramatic guy. Tanner's really funny and quirky and gets that in there. And then Melissa's really super emotional. <laughs> and so we get all these things together, but it took a long time to build this team element that we weren't all on each other's throats all the time and uh, working, (laughs) working with your wife on a project can be a huge learning curve. That's a whole separate podcast, but um, (laughs) we, we learned a lot. Um, So it was really hard, but I would say that after St. Nicholas was released, um, we had a huge turn, like a huge, what we thought at the time for us was a huge response because we had no marketing, zero marketing. Uh, No one knew about us and yet somehow like it was being played and it was being shared and it was just organically spreading. Um, And we had done nothing. We had just, uh, you know, a one landing page website and uh, you know, two posts on Instagram, but we had told people like, Hey, we're doing this thing. This is our mission we want to re-inspire the church with the stories of the saints to ignite it from the inside out. Really, you help us do it and send this on. And um, so people listened to the first episode and were like, Oh my gosh, this is great. And it just went off from there. So like that part, like the, the ground game that was, uh, that people did naturally was amazing. And also I got to give credit to my wife, Melissa, because she's, she literally like messaged, um, like Catholic moms for months telling them like, hey, please listen to this. It's coming out. Please listen to this. And some of them were like, okay, like whatever. (laughs) Like, I don't know who you are. But then like, like 10 months later, these same moms like messaged her back, like, oh my gosh, I just found
0: that I ignored this message from you, but I listened to every one of your episodes. (laughs) Um, When you... When you said it was spreading organically, I'm like, it's the power of Catholic moms right there. It like, is like a Catholic... viral network. Right <laughs> it
2: is It is the Catholic mom uh, thing. Like they, they just, it just spreads, you know? And so, um, yeah. and Melissa's great at, she's really big on building relationships with people. And she does a great job with that.
0: No, I think that's exciting. That's fantastic. Well, I, you know, I, I think it's incredible. And I love, I love those stories of just like, pouring in the blood, sweat and tears and having no idea what, what's going to happen. Like it's an act of faith. Right. And yeah, what you find is like, when you take a step of faith like that and make some sacrifices, like God always meets you there and, and pours out grace. And it's like, it's, um it's, it's beautiful to witness. And so, so where are you now? And like, mm-hmm. where do you feel like you're, you're headed from here?
2: Yeah. So we, um, yeah, super thankful. We we won the our Sunday Visitor Innovation Challenge, the OSV Innovation Challenge this year for the Creative Track, which was which was gru- another grueling process. That was yeah, that was a grueling process. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, we're super thankful to have gone through that program. OSV did a great job and we learned so much from their team and all the team, all the people they brought together for that. Um so now what we're doing is like we're really focusing on really making this continue and go forward and tell as many stories as possible. And we have a lot of other ideas. I can't go too into depth right now, but, um, we want to make sure we continue to build out this world of the saints and really paint this beautiful interconnected web of the saints, because, um, they, they are, there's so many that like affected each other, like, um, you know, and, And it's really cool to think about that, like, yeah, like the communion of saints, it's it's a communion, you know, and so many of them inspire the other and the other and the other. And some of them are friends. So we're really focusing on building out that world as as much as possible. And um, we're launching some speaking engagements that will go to schools and um, kind of use use the uh, the episodes in like these interactive ways to. Get the kids to think about sainthood, like in the here and now, and not just as like um, you know these people on stained glass windows. Um, that's our biggest, our biggest thing. Um, but then, like what we also you know want to do is really build out like storytelling for the church. Um, I think that in a lot of ways. Um, The the theology of the church is like so beautiful and it's so powerful once it hits your heart. And I think if we can figure out how to interweave that within story, it'll really help the church get its message out into the world and to actually make impact. So like that's really what um, we have tried to do with Saints Alive and there's other ideas that we have in store to do that as well. So we have some Lenten series coming up that we're really excited to get to work on. And I'm really excited. Um, some other projects, too, that I can't go into too many details with. But um, that is what we want to do. We really want to reignite storytelling for the church to really hit people's hearts. Not just to tell a great story. Like, that's, that's honestly, like, the bare minimum that we can do. But how do we, how do, we do it in a way that's going to move hearts to Christ?
1: Yeah. Amen. And what you're saying is just resonating with, uh, Benedict the uh, via poker right? The, uh, the way of beauty is what's going Mm -hmm. to bring people to Christ these days. Uh, they, in our agnostic, atheistic, you know, Mm -hmm. individualistic, uh, society, they need that moving experience to open them up to truth. Right. And Mm -hmm. academic, uh, um, uh, while necessary, and I'm not, um, trying to downplay the importance of studying theology and reading the scripture and doing that daily for those of us who are pursuing just telling somebody to read the Bible every day. Good luck with that. Right. But right. having something that, that hits them with beauty and, and opens them up to it. And I'll say you're doing a great job. Uh, you know, Ignatius of Loyola, your episode on that, just talked about that communion of saints, right. And how mm-hmm. he was transformed by the lives of the saints and, uh, mm-hmm. Um, whoever did that accent did a good job. Whoever was your um, oh yeah,
2: that was that was Kaiser Johnson. Uh, a oh. great he's a great great voice actor, great actor. Um, friend from Los Angeles, good Catholic guy. Um, yeah, he's helped out multiple times. He was Padre Pio. He was Saint Thomas More. He's also St. Ignatius. He's a great, (laughs) great voice actor. Praise God. Praise God. Well,
1: I want to take a step back and talk about acting, right? You talked about the love of theology. I do believe the church has not done a great job on the catechesis of acting and the catechesis of of TV and things of that Mm -hmm. nature, right? So you get exorcists that come out and say, you know, we shouldn't watch horror movies because that which we entertain is that which we allow into our lives and uh, even avenues or ways in. And I mean, I completely agree with that. But why do we have to go to the exorcist to find some sort of catechesis? on on acting and on entertainment and what we're watching. And so I'd like you to talk briefly about your own personal experience. And, you know, I know that you were trying to, you probably were having to deal with that. It's like, okay, Um, what am I willing to portray on camera, uh, -hmm. versus what I'm not, where is my line crossed and where does the church guide me in that line? I don't know if you had any uh, helpful guidance when you were trying to look through that stuff, but I'd love for you to share with a little bit about what you learned along the way. And, and honestly, even some ground rules Outside of yeah, don't watch horror movies, but like you know, right. for men, you don't watch movies with with softcore porn or, or pornography on it, things like that. You know, that are occasions right. for sin. But I'd love to hear from you from the other side, right? Not just from the visual viewing, but the person acting. I'd love to hear what you experience there.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a big question, and I don't have all the answers, but I, I can give some things here because I think you're right. There is a a very clear lack of catechesis here, um, and. Yeah. And I wish it weren't so, but so when I was first going out to LA again, like I was like, okay, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do, you know, the obvious ones. Like I'm not going to do a sex scene, obviously, you know, um, and, uh, I'm not going to do any nudity, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go do that. (laughs) Like, um, but the, um, but there are like, you know, these very, there's these varying lines that you have to figure out. Um, and, at the time my like rule was like okay well if my parents can't watch it then I don't want to be in it you know
1: Yeah sure right <laughs> which, which is like it. a which yeah. is like
2: kind of like kind of if that's the only rule you have it's a kind of solid one you know <laughs> um but now my rule would be if my wife can't watch it I can't yeah. do it um and I had a recent project that came up I didn't I wasn't going to get it but like I was like uh I can't do that like it was for like it was for a conservative project and but like they were making a pretty pretty gruesome point and i was like i can't be that guy to do that for my wife like it wouldn't work yeah. but um and uh but i think you know um there's definite lines that you can't cross um and as i have reflected i have i've definitely made some mistakes so yeah looking back now um I didn't do a sex scene per se, but like, you know, there was a sensual scene that I did once. I'm looking back now. I was like, was that really necessary? Like Mm. that was, that was me, um, you know, painting over, I didn't cross the line, you know, but I got darn close to it. Um, And I think a lot of actors, we fall into this trap of being, we really feel pushed to do things. And if you look at like so many like A-list actors that, talk about their experiences on set doing sex scenes, all of them, except for the weird ones, are like, I felt used. I don't I don't enjoy this. This is so uncomfortable. Like this is not, you know, so many of them just talk about how they feel used on set. Um, and, you know, that's for a reason because you are, you are being used, but you feel pushed into this because like, if you say no, someone else will say yes. And then you'll never go forward in your career. Um, and so like once I started, I think once I started to realize that like I didn't want to play that game, that's what really pushed me into like, okay, then I'm gonna have to make my own projects. And like, that's what I would say that like, you know, as actors, like kind of the first step to like changing that culture is you have to then take kind of the reins of the industry in your own hands and be like, okay, then I've, i I got to figure out how to do, my own stuff then and you know figure out how to start other projects because I don't want to do those things um but I think the other thing is is that like um as far as like a catechesis thing here I, I'm struggling to find kind of figure out um a clear way of doing it besides those two simple rules if your parents can't watch it if your wife couldn't watch it don't do it but um I luckily had I did have a good priest. I had an amazing priest, um, that I was able to call. And I think that like every actor needs to have a priest you can call. Yeah. Um, that's actually trustworthy. That can be like, Hey, I don't know. Like, this is a questionable project and here's why. Um, and I had a moment when I was like, I was back home and, um, I was trying to get back out to LA and there's this job that popped up that was like going to pay me well enough to like kind of pay for the trip out. And then I had to figure out how to get, you know, housing, everything like that. But I had the first, I had at least have that figured out. Um, but it was for this really dark show and I had done like a, another, like another series on this network, but it wasn't as dark as this one. And it was, like, this one was really dark. And, um, I had called my priest and I was like going through this role and when you're talking to a priest, you kind of have like a knack of just like explaining it and like, you know, to yourself. And he was like, Alex, I think you know what you need to do. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I think I do. I can't do it. He's like, yeah, don't think you can, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, so like, that's, When you have a a relationship like that with a great spiritual director or a priest, like that'll naturally come out. Um, But today I think like the lines are pretty clear because the, the industry has gone so far into, it's not soft porn. It's porn, you know, it's porn. Um, It's not uh, it's not just like, Oh, that's edgy. It's like, no, that's demonic. Yeah, like, indeed. like that's the type of stuff that we're dealing with now. And so, yeah, I would just say to, you know, a lot of actors, like, you know, trust your gut on stuff. And if you feel like you're being, you know, if you feel like you're just saying yes to something because you feel like you have to, like, that's, that's a lie. Yeah. Like that's that's a
1: lie. Well, and, I, and I, yeah, exactly. Something that you're saying just triggered in my mind. I, I had read or heard um, in the past that, you know, uh, uh, producers and um, film makers are no longer, you know, awakening their audience to truth and to life, but they are just, you know, violating them with, yeah. with what they're showing. And and I would say that, yeah, with you having to entertain the thought of falling into or of of representing mortal sin, right? As an actor, you want to do things to the best of your ability, right? And mm-hmm. so that's that's a tough line to um to to kind of figure out and. I would say that, yeah, if you're having to act into uh, mortal sin or something like that, maybe. Uh,
2: and I think, like, there's, like, so this is where, like, okay, like, to put some nuance here. Yeah. Like, um so, but this is where the industry is just completely failing. Like, what's the point of the story? It, you know, is the story to show the, like like, this person turning their life around and, and like, completely surrendering their, their life of sin, or is it to actually uplift that, you know, like that's, that's where much of the industry actually is. It's like, it's not about, um, showing a path of like, um, repentance, you know, it's not about right. that. It's about, it's about actually glorifying sin. There you and go. like, that's the difference because I, I, I think that there's stories that can and should be told about people who have done you know, sinful things, yeah. reprehensible things that turn their lives around, that offer it back to God. And like those stories can and should be and need to be told, but they are not, you know, they're not told for the vast majority of the projects today.
1: I think it's a good distinction.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, exactly. I think the it's not about it's not about portraying sin in order to portray redemption it's just about reveling in sin and like just being as good to it as possible mm-hmm. and you know we, one thing i'll say is like we it's very like hollywood is such a mess right now like morally speaking and probably has been for a long time be told but like mm-hmm. just the it's very easy to focus on just the darkness of hollywood and the sin and the corruption and stuff and yeah, as we see, like, there's movies that can be incredibly powerful. I mean, Lord of the Rings is, is you know, the original trilogy is incredibly powerful mm-hmm. and, and and portrays virtue and goodness and holiness and, like, and like all of these in just in a, a very riveting way. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, obviously, like, The Passion of the Christ and, like, you know, The Sound of Freedom movie that's, like, really just really touching a lot of hearts. And, like, yeah. so good can come out of it. And so... I'd love to hear just being someone on the inside a little bit. Like, what are the possibilities for this medium? Like, if something's done well, what is the power of cinema? And like, mm. what is power of of good acting? Even like to um to touch hearts, you know. And it doesn't. And like, so what's the what's the light side of the the film industry? I guess <laughs> that it's not all darkness, or you wouldn't be in it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean the. I gosh, like the power of like a good movie is it can be life-changing, you know, it can be something that can save a person's life. I mean, I, I think of like, um, I can't watch, um, it's a wonderful life without like crying every year, you know? And I'm not like, I'm obviously not suicidal, but like, there's something <laughs> like, there's something so powerful of in that movie that just captures my heart every time i watch it about fatherhood and and being a man and just sacrifice and it's, so it's like there's this magic in film that lets us you know be taken away into a story and and the same thing with lord of the rings when i was a kid like gosh, watching those movies was just like, you know, I was on the adventure, you know, and it was just so, so beautiful. So there is hope um, when it's done well, you know, and and that's, I guess, like why I'm here is because I, 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 I feel very called to fight for that, you yeah. know, because that is the power of films. Like it can really move hearts. And because it's, <sighs> It's a concentrated form of you know all the different storytelling you know crafts that we have of music, acting uh you know picture painting like it, it's it's everything together um dance uh, and so like that it's it's super important that we as as Catholics you know as Christians we, we say we're not going to let it go. We're not going to just going to like, we're not just going to retreat and say, all film is bad because Hollywood is bad. That, that, that's not true. Like Hollywood is corrupt right now. And yes, it's never like Hollywood has been corrupt for years. Like it's not at all been, uh, you know, I think we can look back at the golden age of Hollywood and be like, oh, it was perfect. Everyone was nice and saintly. And like, no, it was not. But um, we were living in a different culture at the time that was actually propagating stories that supported that culture. Um, And so like, that's the difference right now is that we are living in a post-Christian culture and Hollywood is just feeding out that, you know, uh, as much as it can. So I think like, we have to have hope and we have to keep we have to fight for film. Yeah. We have to. Um, and, um, and there are good people in Hollywood, as you said, like the sound of freedom, great movie. Everyone should go see it if They haven't seen it yet. Um, go support it. And, um, finding movies like that, that we can support is super important because it actually influences the industry. Um, you know, uh, Hollywood listens to the box office as much as yeah. it will try to not listen to the box office. It's forced to. yeah. Um, and so that's super important that people realize that like, okay, if we want to change, if film is important, which it is, um, if we know that Hollywood is feeding out garbage, which it is, we need to change that. And that means we need to support the good movies that are being made and go su- and go see them. Uh, because those numbers do matter and they will help support the change in the industry in the
1: long run. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I'm grateful for you saying that. So for, um, for our listeners, I want to hear a couple things from you, Alex, as where they can go, obviously to, um, digest saints alive and see it and, or listen to it. And then what's one of your favorite episodes or an episode that they should start with now that you have, um, had created, uh, so many with tens of thousands of listeners. Thanks be to God. Mm-hmm. I will also just put a plug in here. I love listening to them. Me personally, I love listening to them with my kids, but every single episode I meet, I learned something actually, not not just reminded, definitely a lot of reminding of of different saints, but I learned something as well. Every single one of those stories. And so I'm really grateful for you for that. But where would you direct our listeners to um get more of what you're doing?
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh yeah, and thanks, thanks, John, for saying that about loving liking to listen to it. And I will just say that um we need we need we need more Catholic dad champions. We have the Catholic mom champions. We need the Catholic dad champions and the Catholic gentleman champions. Um, Because uh, actually we got a really funny comment the other day from a, a dad on Instagram. He was like, <laughs> it was about to say Ignatius part two. He was like, I'm so excited for St. Ignatius part two. I'm not even gonna listen to it with my kids, <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, we have a lot of a lot of adult and parent fans as well, and, we, and that's on purpose. Like uh, we really try and do that, make it enjoyable for parents and kids alike. But uh, yeah, as far as listening to us, um, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, basically wherever you get your podcasts, will be there. Uh, we also have a website, saintsalivepodcast.com. All of our episodes are there. Um, and you can find more information about us and the lineup and our store. We have all of our art prints from all of our episodes from our amazing, uh, artist team that creates the stuff for the episodes. Um, and as far as, uh, favorite episodes here that I recommend, um, my gosh, I go back and forth so many times. Say Ignatius is one of my new, it's one of my newer favorites right now. Uh, but some of my past favorites. Um, I love St. Joseph. Uh, it's a two part series on him. And I, as far as like, you know, bringing in, so that episode is super heavy on theology because obviously, um, St. Joseph doesn't say a word in the Bible. You know, we don't have any words from him directly. So, it's so
1: good. I just want to add the strength that you provide to Saint Joseph that he obviously had that you bring into that audio drama is is phenomenal. That's oh, well thank you. So. Yeah,
2: it's it's one of my favorite episodes. I I just yeah. So I really recommend that one as like a first, like a just a taste of like wow, what else can they do? Uh, Saint Joseph is a great episode to start with. Um, yeah, and. Uh, What was the other question here? Was that all the (laughs) stuff? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Where men should should dive in. But St. Joseph or St. Ignatius, I mean, both of them great. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you love St. Jose Maria Escriva, I know that we have Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, um, quotes uh, associated with him. That's also a good episode. Because I think, like with St. Jose Maria Escriva, for instance, uh, um, so many people know his... His words, his opus day, but they don't really know his struggles and sufferings in life from childhood. And so I think that mm-hmm. those are great ways to become deeper connected. And that's the communion of saints that we're all called to be. So yeah, I appreciate right. you sharing that.
2: Right. Well, awesome. Yeah. Those are that's the, yeah. Saint Jose Maria also awesome. Awesome. Awesome saint.
0: Well,
1: wonderful. conclusion,
0: well, yeah. uh yeah, let's let's I encourage everybody to check it out. It's worth your time, it's worth your attention. You know, we all have drives in the car with kids, or like those those uh you know nights where the kids are a little bored or something and looking for something to do. And it's like let's listen to a Saint story and the kids love it. Like I really, really do. And uh yeah, it's 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 like I love those. I love those speaking of movies, like kids' movies or like kids' books even sometimes where it's like they throw in little things for the adults, like little like wink-wink things that only adults will get. But it's like, it it just makes it so much more enjoyable to... And But this is like at another level. This is like just such good storytelling that adults are just drawn into. And so we all enjoy a good story. So everybody check it out. You won't regret it. Um, com, or whatever podcast platform.
2: Yeah, thank you guys so much. Like this has been been so great. I, I, and again, like, yeah, huge fan of the Catholic gentleman. I remember like just going on the blog years ago. I don't know exactly when you started it, Sam, but it's been, I've been, I've known of the Catholic gentleman for a very long time. It was like 2013, you know, was 2013. 2013. Okay. Yeah. So uh huge fan. So 10 years. Wow. You guys are 10 year anniversary. All right. Awesome. Did, yeah. Awesome. Be to God. Yeah. That's, that's so great. Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Thank you. No, thank I appreciate you. it. Well, yeah. Alex, I'm so glad and excited we were able to do this finally. So I know we've been talking for a while, and it's been just such a blessing having you on and and to talk through and kind of wrestle with some of these issues that I know we all have and we've all thought of, but maybe not spent a lot of time um really reflecting on. So again, thank you so very much for all the work that you're doing, and uh, and you're just in our prayers.
2: Awesome. Thank you guys so much, and yeah, I'll definitely keep you guys in my prayers as well.
0: Last awesome. thing I'll say is just thank you for serving the church and the world in this way, like. I so. think one of the things I believe with Catholic gentlemen for the longest time is like men need to serve. Like that's kind of our highest calling is in order to serve a church and to serve, serve others. And you're doing that. You're answering that call both through your acting work, but also by producing this amazing content. So just thank you for answering that call to service and, and for making this contribution because it is making an impact.
2: Oh, well, thank you. And, um, and I'll just say, I would can never, take credit of doing this alone. Um, yeah. Amazing, amazing wife, amazing co-founder and, uh, lots of prayers from people. So yeah, please, please keep us in your prayers.
1: (laughs) Amen. Well, as we end each of our episodes, be a man, be a saint.